0: podcast. What is up, lacrosse fans? You are watching another episode of the Lax Factor Lacrosse podcast, and today uh, we are doing another weekend recap show, and we're going to talk about Maryland and Richmond, St. John's and Rutgers, UMass and Army, as well as a couple of other games. Before I get into it, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and really smash that like button, and you can go to uh, laxfactor.com if you want to support the channel beyond that. You can buy hats, t-shirts, there's a hat, mugs, whatever, to uh, support the channel. So let us get into this. We are talking about Maryland and Richmond first, and I had pictured Maryland maybe taking it to Richmond by four, five, six goals, could even be by a larger margin than that. I thought Maryland might fill it up, and it was the exact opposite of that. Mitch Savoka, he helps Richmond jump out to a two-goal lead. Things seesawed from there, seeing Richmond take a 4-2 lead before Maryland tied things up at fours with six seconds left uh, in the first quarter off a Bubba Fairman goal down the left alley. Over the next two or- uh, quarters, Richmond, they'd slowly but surely extend their lead uh, to 12 to 7. And at one, I think I left my house and the score was 12 to 7. And I had no idea how it was going to end, except that I thought Richmond probably had the game under control. Uh, there was 12-7 with 35 seconds to go in the fourth. Tate Gallagher scored that goal. So at that point, I'm thinking, eh, probably Okay. Maryland or Richmond probably has this. I was surprised. I ha- I'm getting texts from Maryland haters, uh, all of them saying that they hope to God that Maryland blows this game and they lose. And I'm a little torn when it comes to uh, teams getting upset. I like seeing Duke get upset early, but I don't want to see Duke get upset later in the season, unless it's by Syracuse and you know things like that. I have teams that I, I cover them so much because they're the popular teams for the most part to cover that I kind of you know become some kind of closet fan, and Maryland, oddly enough, has become one of those teams for me. Uh, so you know, they it's it's 12-7, 35 seconds to go. Tate Gallagher scores, and in the in the, that's left in the third. Start the fourth quarter. Richmond has to be feeling pretty good. They have a 12-7 lead, everything's cool, but. It was not cool. The wheels came off from there. Wisnowskis started out scoring a goal to start the Maryland run and then finished regulation with the game's final two assists, both to Bernhardt, to help uh not the score up at twelves. And Wisnowskis, he him and Bernhardt typically get going when they have to. DeMayo was involved in that as well. So, you know, nowskis and Bernhardt factored heavily in that comeback towards the end of the game. 12-7. They tie it up twelve. 12- 12. And then Wisnowskis, he would get one more assist on the day, this time to Anthony DeMeo for the game winner in overtime. And then Insanity uh, took place after that. Both goalies had very subpar days. Brandau and Russ Bolt, both of them were under 50% on the day, aka both of them gave up more goals than they saved. Maryland was was three and four on the day. DeMeo two and three and Bernhardt three and one. So all of the known uh quantities for Maryland factored. And then Richmond, I mean, same thing. The guys that you that Richmond needed to step up did so. Lanchberry, a goal and three helpers. Tate Gallagher two and two. Richie Connell, three and one. Mitch Savoca had a hat trick. So it was a hell of a game. Maryland was the best by a very, very fine margin. They get past Richmond uh, just barely. We almost had another upset on our hands after having uh, Air Force beat Duke in the uh, first uh, week of play, Week Zero. So it would have been would have been exciting, would have been cool if uh, Richmond had knocked off Maryland uh, just for college across in general. But I know Maryland is really happy that that did not happen. And once again, SoCon showing that they're tough. And once again, it's it's High Point. You know, they get beat up by Maryland. High Point then goes and gets beat up by Duke. Richmond hangs tough with Maryland, Maryland. And Richmond played Maryland tough last year, but it does look like, you know, where a lot of people, including myself, thought High Point might be closing that gap between themselves and Richmond. Uh, maybe not. Maybe Richmond is still the team to beat in the SoCon. And if, if, they, if this Maryland game was any indicator, Richmond is going to be a really, really good lacrosse team. And the SoCon is uh, now put on notice. St. John's at... Rutgers and Rutgers ended up putting the Smackdown on him 17 to 10, but it was a, a much closer game not a much closer game, but a slightly closer game than that. St. John's, they managed to keep it close early, tying it up at threes off the opening faceoff of the second quarter. Uh, Ethan Rawl and Ryan Gallagher each tallied to increase that spread to six to three, and Rutgers, they never looked back from there. I think it went to six, four, maybe even seven, five, and then they just continued slowly but surely to build that spread uh, to a 17 to 10 win. So St. John's drops to 0-1. Rutgers is now 2-0, and and they didn't get to 20. They didn't get to 20 goals. As I said, it seems that all the Big Ten teams are trying to get themselves to 20 goals, but they did get to 17, and St. John's, you know, they didn't look terrible either outside of a couple of things. Well, Adam Charlembeides, he had a huge day, six goals, one dish. He played great across the board, and he was ridiculously efficient, 11 shots. Ryan Gallagher also had a nice day. He went for four uh, four goals and a helper. Again, very efficient with just five shots. All five were on cage. Four of them went in. One of the reasons the Rutgers shooters were so damn efficient is the St. John's keeper had a terrible day. Six saves versus 17 goals against. And I'm actually surprised you didn't see him get yanked. He didn't get yanked. They didn't play another keeper. This kid just ate shit for four quarters against Rutgers and barely saved anything. And I did watch it, and it didn't. And while I watched it, it didn't seem like he only had that many saves, and it didn't seem like like uh, the 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 St. John's defense put him in just terrible situation after terrible situation. But hey, you know the the numbers don't lie defensively. Uh, Steven Russo uh, for Rutgers. He put up, or yeah, uh, Steven Russo, the goalie for Rutgers. He put up 14 saves versus just 10 goals against. And Garrett Bullet, defender for Rutgers, he had three cause turnovers and six ground balls. So no wonder Rutgers uh, beat St. John's, a uh, New Jersey foe of theirs, but uh, ended up being... Decent game, decent outing for both teams, and uh, Rutgers is looking good, so they're just trying to make sure that they stay in the middle to upper side of the uh, Big Ten, make the tournament, and have a chance at making the NCAA tournament. One game that I got totally wrong, UMass and Army. UMass at Army. Last year, this was a very close game, and I honestly expected for, I actually picked UMass to, to win this game by a goal. I think I set the spread at UMass minus one and a half. For uh, this one. And and the way I looked at it was that UMass brought back a lot of talent offensively. Army brought back a lot of talent offensively. Both teams lost all American goaltenders. Both teams uh, had lost key pieces here and there. But, you know, the, the, the idea being, I felt Army lost a little bit more on defense than UMass did. Turns out, man, I was wrong, or something is different with UMass because Army roached them 17 to 4. They jumped out to a 9-0 lead by the half and never looked back, obviously. Brendan Nick turned, four goals and three assists. That kid is nasty. Sean O'Brien, three goals and a helper. Wyatt uh, Schuler, the goalie for Army, you know, the kid that's stepping in for Beretta, the former, well, the all-American, uh, their, their starter. I believe he was a four-year starter at Army. Uh, 13 saves versus just four goals against. So that keeper looked tough. Um, and uh, Marcus Hudgens, three caused turnovers and three ground balls on uh, the defensive side of the ball for Army. So Army put the smack down on a very good UMass team. And as uh, as I'm talking about this now, they just beat New Jersey IT, I think it was 19 to 1 or something like that. So now Army's 2-0 and after getting a win here Monday night. Uh, this is Monday night that I'm talking about this, and they already played. So they beat up on New Jersey IT and only gave up a goal. So they only give up four goals to UMass, put up 17. They scored 19 on N- uh, New Jersey IT and uh, only give up one. So Army is looking really tough at this point. Another game I wanted to talk about quick, uh, simply because I was interested to see what they would do offensively. Georgetown played Lafayette. Now granted, Lafayette not looking too hot uh, at this stage 0 and 2 and they've gotten trounced uh, both in both games but uh Georgetown 17 to 3 uh Jake Caraway known quantity he goes 4 and 1 Robert Clark 1 and 5 and Dylan Watson 6 and 1 they're the guys that put up the bulk of the points and then it was just a bunch of guys putting up goals uh through the roster uh Owen McIlroy the goalkeeper looks like he got it's hard to say who actually got the start even in here Noah Klein played he had two saves, one goal against, and Owen McIlroy, uh, for some reason, I think he was the starter. He had three saves, two goals against. But either way, Georgetown beat up on Lafayette, and uh, we're gonna, it'll be interesting to see once they get... They, they play a pretty weak schedule usually, and I always crush them for that. But offensively, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do in terms of replacing uh, the guys that they lost. And then another game, I wanted to talk about was the Air Force and Denver game. Air Force coming off the big win over Duke. And now they have to play Denver, obviously, at Denver. And uh, Denver is always tough. They always play each other pretty decent. And I was hoping, hoping, we could see another upset, and Air Force could get themselves to two and zero. But uh, Denver, you know, handled their business, I, sh- I should say. Thirteen to seven win, so Denver's now one and zero. Air Force drops to one and one. And JJ Silstrop, the freshman for Denver, he put up five goals in his debut. I had said Ethan Walker was going to put up five goals. I was wrong. Hey, sometimes I'm wrong. Uh, Ethan Walker was two and one. Jack Hanna, Jungle Jack Hanna. One and three, and then a couple of guys filled it out. Uh, Cole French keeper, he put up 10 saves for Denver, seven goals against. And the era Brandon host, the uh, Air Force goalie, 21 saves on the day. So he stood on his head just to keep the score, uh, what it was 13 goals against, but 21 saves. So that kid has had two really, really solid games to start the season out for Air Force. So that is a, a good sign for them. And that is it as always. Be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, go to laxfactor.com and you can get yourself some swag, hats, t-shirts, coffee mugs, whatever else you want to get. We'll probably put out our player of the week video tomorrow, Wednesday. I'll announce the, uh, or no, tomorrow is Tuesday. I keep forgetting. I'm thinking like it's Tuesday because I'm pretending that today is Tuesday because that's the day you're seeing this. But uh, we'll put out our Player of the Week video on Wednesday. So be sure to come back and see that as well. It'll be both an audio podcast and uh, Player of the Week video. And uh, that is it. Hoost is out.